The left always romanticizes everything they get involved in. Of course, they're destroying it while they do it. I got a couple of books yesterday when I was at the uh, when I was at the remote. I got a book by two of them by Timothy W. Phillips, First Sergeant USMC. Talked to him at length. He, he brought them for me. And this is about his time in Vietnam. And uh, the veterans of Vietnam, those guys were a very tough breed because combat on the ground changed in Vietnam. This is when we began to understand what was guerrilla warfare. We'd seen it a little bit as sort of a sideshow in, in World War II. Not so much in Korea because Korea was a very cold climate during the winter. Vietnam was different. He was telling me, I mean, he, one of his one of his books, he said he gave me the Hardcore Marine My Way, my USM, USMC experience, year one. And the other book is year two. And on it is a picture of uh, some troops, some Marines. Sorry, not troops, Marines. And he told me the story of one of the guys in the picture that was his buddy and what happened to him. And I mean, these guys come back with this. And... It was very much a uh, an honor to meet Timothy and Gerald yesterday, as it was with everybody else out there. Now back to the left and the uh, romanticism. Um, the left has been the savior of the Native Americans for years. You understand that? And Native Americans don't really like it. <laughs> and now they're beginning to push back. Because the left's becoming overbearing. And we get this. On June 2nd, the U.S. Department of the Interior blocked oil and gas leasing for the next 20 years within a 10-mile radius of Chaco Canyon, the site of a Puebloan civilization in now northern New Mexico dating back over a millennium. Despite some support from people within the Pueblo tribes and Navajo Nation which surround the land, the vast majority of the Navajo leaders have opposed these drilling restrictions. See... This is land, they said, this is your reservation. We reserve this for you. And now they're saying, and you can't do this or this or this or this or this on it. And that's always a problem. Especially when you get out there and you're the savior. Why shouldn't they be able to develop it as they see it? Why is it that Joe Biden and all of his little lack, you know, his little lackeys, they can't trust the Native Americans to keep the operation on reasonable environmental standards and conserve the earth? You know, people who own things, they don't trash them. And be able to serve money from it to serve their very large tribal family. Maybe they don't want to be constantly in hot to the government for handouts because having their own money is so much better. See, I'm going to tell you about the government. The government, if if we had a centralized government that ran everything we did, one thing that would be a, a dominant, dominant, constant factor is the limits. There's limits to what you can do. There's limits to what you can own. There's limits to how much money you can have. There's limits to where you can live. There's limits to how many children you can have. All kinds of limits, which means you're not free. So, for those of us that want to raise our standard of living, just like the city people do, you know, why shouldn't they be able to do it, even if they're Native Americans? Maybe it's none of the government's fault. 
Maybe it's none of the government's business. Now, Ethan Brown, who wrote that story, he believes in the global warming nonsense, but he has his heart in the right place, saying it's an economic matter. He says Navajos are no stranger to climate change. The American Southwest has experienced its worst drought in uh, 1,200 years. And peer-reviewed research and science found human-caused climate change accounted for 47% of the 20 to 2018 drought severity. Navajos have been hit especially hard. They use 8 to 10 gallons of water per day, about a tenth of the average American. 30% of Navajos have no running water. So when they express opposition to a drilling ban on their land, we can trust they've weighed the pros and the cons. Within the Navajo Nation, 35.8% of households have incomes below the federal poverty threshold. About 10 live without electricity. The Chaco Canyon drilling ban would strip an energy source from the Navajo Nation and could cost them an estimated $194 million over the next two decades. And that's a lot of money for them to leave on the table so that a white tourist can come to their land and marvel at the natural beauty. Then he goes off into the dreamy stuff about how the climate activists are trying to co-opt them into win-win situations. Good luck with that. And the bottom line here is that they own the land and can do with it what makes sense for them to do with it. And if the United Nations doesn't like it, too bad. Autonomy means autonomy. They can go start their own tribe at the UN if they don't like this one. It's very much like what happened outside of Burning Man. If you haven't seen that video, you should go watch it. So, Burning Man which I confess I would actually like to go and experience once. Even though I would be surrounded by liberals and leftists of all stripes, I'd just like to go out there and, 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 and experience that one time. But I'm not going at the moment. Haven't ever gone. When you go into Burning Man, you're going way out into the desert. And uh, the Paiute tribal, uh, tribal police, they got out there. They're known as the Nevada Rangers. And a bunch of pasty-skinned white environmentalists with a trailer and some chains decided to block the road. They were messing with the tribal land autonomy. So they went in there and they ran over it. They said, you got 30 seconds to make up your mind. On second 29, they were exiting the vehicles and they had people on the uh, second 30. They had their knees in the middle of the backs of these people. And... Oh my, they didn't like it. It was a it was a peaceful protest. We're here to call attention to this. Everybody down there was sympathetic to their to their to their cause, except they just wanted to go to it's amazing what happens when uh, you know you mess with somebody's preferences. They were just going to run him, man. I'm gonna put on this stupid costume and walk around scantily clad in the in the in the sandstorms. <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to point out too, listen. One thing I learned how to do in the, in the military is when I get out there and I saw something really stupid, I learned how to go off on a profanity-laced tirade, as I call it. And I can't do that here. I can't go off into a profanity-laced tirade. It is against the rules. It's against the law. The FCC would come down on this station like a ton of bricks, and then my, my, my ambition that I've had for the last eight years to have my own show goes down the drain with it. So... When I talk about something really stupid or really absurd, I laugh about it because I don't want to go off into that other, in that other dark, dark area. So, 
That's just to address something about the laughter. And some of you love it. For all of you that said, hey, I love the laugh. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Because it's it's all based on the fact that uh, we exist in a time now where it's, where it's stupid right now. When I was when I was a teenager and I began to understand the way the world worked and everything, it was nothing like this. What happened? I mean, I wasn't in charge of nothing in those days. It was gradually working that way that already, right? We were gradually going this way already, but now, I mean, this is like a this is like a banana republic, third world hellhole nightmare. Being told the FCC is unconstitutional and breaks the First Amendment. The FCC um, gives us a lot of leeway on certain things we can say. And there's certain things we can say that would surprise you because they've been said on my syndicated show. The thing is, when I get out there and I see the things we can say, in my mind, what I say is let's just not say any of them. Because this is a radio broadcast. Now, if I wanted to get out there and make this purely a podcast, well, I could do whatever I wanted because then I'm not regulated. But, I mean, I don't think I'm getting the idea across any differently just because I don't go off into a, you know, a, a cuss word extravaganza. That's all. That's all. So, yeah, but the Native Americans, I'm, I'm sort of digging their vibe. I'm, this is a MAGA vibe. Joe Biden probably won't like it. If he notices it, I don't know if he'll notice it. He might. Somebody might show this to him if they bring him a sugar cone and some soft serve. I don't know. London or England or Sadiq Khan, whichever one you want to put it. They are at war with the car, and they are pressing. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I remember to push the buttons this time. Stream is on with me now. Normally, I don't do that. Normally, I, I, I look down and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't reactivate the stream. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page where you can find a video of what it looks like in the background when you do a radio remote, which I thought was probably quite a good video. It probably is a Emmy Award winner or Oscar worthy. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. We are the world is in a recession right now, and uh, all all of the societies have been built on the fact of mobility. So when you do this in a lot of cities, they have decided to do these these can take these congestion steps to try to get rid of the having traffic where nothing moves for hours on end. That's not really a smart thing to do. There's a way to route that, but. You know, when you get out there and you build vertically, that's going to happen. London, where the cost of food has gone up by 15%. Now, if you get in your car to go get the food that has gone up by 15%, you got to pay for that as well. You're going to have to pay every, you know, you just paid for the school uniform and the stationery, the backpack, and you got to pay to take them to school. And your mom that's in the care home, you got to pay to go see her. This is what the London mayor, Sadiq Khan, he's expanded what is called the ultra-low emission zone. 
So, as of this week, every inch of London, all the boroughs, is covered by the ULEZ. And it only affects you if you drive a gas or diesel vehicle that don't meet the minimum emission standards, whatever those are, because those are probably nebulous. And this is a regressive tax that will punish the poor most severely. It's an eco-toll that's not going to affect the wealthy of Greater London who drive polluting vehicles. They have to pay £12.50 That's every time they get in the car. That's that's nothing for them. This is like the Cardassians who water their lawn when they're in a, in a water rationing basis. They just paid the fine. But my grass is going to be green because I'm on TV. Now for the West Off, the less off people that drive an older car, it's going to hit them. And this is a very cruel levy enforced by a very out-of-touch mayor on a citizenry already struggling to make ends meet. He's the one that told the people of London who are getting knifed on a regular basis, this is what you got to put up with when you live in a big city. When the rulers of England in the 1370s put out this punitive poll tax on the peasantry on the basis that the security of the realm was under threat, Today, the rulers of London impose this on certain motorists on the basis that the security of the entire planet is at risk. ULEZ is necessary because the planet is burning. So say the mad commentators. And as if the bleeding pensioners with creaking cars, that £12.50 is not going to make a dent in global pollution. But not, you know, for those that applaud this, they're saying, people are dying, this will save lives. This is what they tell us about guns, isn't it? If we just do this, we'll save lives. On the text line, I'm being asked to repeat the name of the books. These are available on Amazon, by the way. Hardcore Marine, My Way, by Timothy W. Phillips. Go look that up on Amazon. For those there, if they, you know, if they get up in arms about it, you're in cahoots with death itself. You're an enabler of respiratory disease and, you know, the death of the planet, which, you know, we've got a lot of prophecy about that going on, but it hasn't happened yet. London's air is cleaner than it's been for decades. Okay. Uh, levels of sulfur dioxide, nit nitrogen oxide, and other pollutants have fallen dramatically since the 70s. A 98% drop in sulfur. The idea that in London there's an air pollution crisis and it's the fault of the dirty drivers is nonsense. It's actually misinformation, which is a thing that ULEZ critics are usually accused of promoting. Dirty drivers, this, this phrase exposes the rank moralism and snobbery behind this expansion. It's not actually a scientifically sound initiative. It is not necessary for the protection of life. It's just another outburst of motor phobia and their contempt for the freedom that cars afford to the masses. Nothing horrifies those bicycle riding, Uber using, Whole Foods patronizing layer of society more than the vision of a family of five driving their 4 by 4 Land Rover Discovery to a giant Morrison's for processed bread and cheap meat. That's dirty. And it's a PC way of saying morally inferior. 
the car has been, I mean, even for those of you who may remember that there, there was this movie that came out with Burt Reynolds, if you remember him called cannonball run. And the, the, the guy that is the villain of cannonball run is completely against the motor car, completely against it. This has been going on for a long time. Now, Khan has decided to make sure that primary school kids get free lunch. and uh, But he's also decided to take £12.50 every day any parent drives a bad car. And who's deciding which are bad and which aren't? Is it based upon the, the year it was made? Or are they actually doing an emissions test on it? Right now, they're wringing their hands over the cost of living crisis but they've been out in force defending this regressive tax. Well, they will price the poorest people off the roads. They have erected hundreds of fixed cameras to monitor the movements of the dirty citizens of Greater London. Surveillance society. What a perfect metaphor for Sadiq Khan's time in power. The city has turned against the citizenry. Infrastructure deployed to spy on them. And punish them for their eco-sins. Sadiq Khan has turned a very storied ancient city. And if you've never been to Europe and seen some of these ancient cities, it is a splendor to behold. To get out there and go down a street where everything is 500 years old. There's just something about it. And he's taken a great city and turned it in his personal fiefdom. Where all have to bend the knee to whatever his little gnome self comes up with. He, he looks like a garden gnome with a nice suit. He's also introduced the rule of identitarianism too. Whatever that is. He, he's often out there going, trans women are women. Without telling me, okay, well, what's a woman? Because I know what a woman is. A woman, Cannonball Run, was not Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda was in it, but Burt Reynolds was in it too. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Peter Fonda was in it though. He was a bad guy. Jackie Chan beat him up. <sighs> there was a stabbing in London at a gay club. And he decided to reprimand those who criticize aspects of the ideology. Your culture war has real life consequences, you know. You know, I, I don't knife anybody. I don't knife anybody. So, so it doesn't matter if it's a woman, a man in a dress or whatever. Khan treats London less as the city than it is his privilege to represent than a soapbox from which he can bark his, uh, you know, his views. And he's one of the remainers because he loves the EU. And he views the unprogressive europhobia as the low information throng up north. But it doesn't matter what he thinks because they out. You guys are out, Sadiq. So here's a great city where uh, they've been going woke, and now they're going to go. Now they're going to make people go broke, or they're going to try to. I, you know, I, how it's one thing to charge somebody. How do you track it? How do you collect it? Do they have control of, over checking accounts too that I don't know about? Debit cards. I. 
So you can bet your bottom dollar that people like Jennifer Granholm are looking at this saying, hmm, we could do that here. I know what they're trying to do right now with uh, to, to drive us into the EV things, to make gas as expensive as they can and, and, and take away our energy independence. But they're looking at this. The indoctrination centers of America, I mean the schools, the enrollments now, they're just not there. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Something new every day. I learned there's people that exist I've never heard of. Then I hear what they have to say, and then I'm like, no more, no wonder. <laughs> the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You can catch it live on the stream on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available for free on the Odyssey app. Enter Mehdi Hassan, or is it Mehdi Hassan? It's always in the pronunciation. I don't want to be so just whenever I'm just calling I'm I'm gonna call him Medi. Okay? Medi. And uh he he has a show at MSNBCNN or whatever it's called. And he's still on a crusade, like a lot of people are, that the shutdowns and mandates during COVID were absolutely scrump delicious for everybody. So last week he did a show focused on how closing schools down during COVID was a good idea. And in a fascinating twist, he also seems to think that going to school itself is bad for kids. Uh, I'm not going to give you any of Medi's utterances because I find them quite idiotic. And I, I have a hard enough time just controlling myself as it is. <laughs> but we get this on Twitter from uh, a guy named Vinay Prasad, MD. MPH, I don't know what that, what does MPH stand for in, uh, in in credentials? It's not miles per hour, obviously. He said that Mehdi Hassan is such a political shill that he would rather twist logic and reason to justify school closures rather than accept the simple fact that this position put, pulled by the Democrats was deeply harmful. Luckily, he's on MSNBCNN where no one watches. And we get this Twitter from the Mehdi Hassan show, which, you know, in... I'm now I'm really confused because does it have two S's or one in this one? It says COVID contrarians claim that closing schools was a mistake in part because of the impact on their mental health, but that's not what the data says at all. The data is very depressing. Young people. Listen to me. Listen to me. This youth you're in right now. You should enjoy it. You should have no cares at all in the world. You should not worry about the fact if the pretty girls don't look at you or the cool guys don't look at you because you've still got a lot of growing to, go, to do, a lot of development to go through. And when you get done with that, you're going to be a completely different person than you are today. And you're letting the pressures of modern life invade Upon a time in your life when you should be having a blast. Put down the mobile phone. <laughs> Don't scroll past. Go up there. If you see a young lady that you like at school, do this today. If you see a young lady you like at school, walk up to her. Make eye contact with her. Tell her 
you know, I hate social media. I, I, I saw you and I just wanted to introduce myself. And one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get a, you're going to get, you're going to be accepted or rejected. And rejection means nothing. Those who become big in life are rejected constantly until they hit it, until they hit it just the right place. That's a fight. That's a part of life. And, uh, Right now, because of this remote nonsense that we had, there's millions of students that have disappeared off of school roles. And they haven't showed up in private school or home school roles either. They just disappeared. How many of these young students have turned out to be predators now? Then there's another cohort to this as well. There's students that are on the books, but they don't go to school regularly. And the mainstream media ignores this. Now, Minneapolis, <laughs> Minneapolis has this, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the Minneapolis Promise or something like that. Minneapolis, uh, the Minnesota Miracle. And this is where the state has taken over the primary responsibility for funding schools and ensuring their enduring quality. Well, yeah, they've done that. So uh, in Minneapolis, the number of students consistently attending school this year was 45.8%. So that's more than half of your enrolled student body. Now, is, uh, you know, in this school, in Minneapolis, at that high school, they couldn't have a Rydale High and film Greece because half the students wouldn't show up to be extras on a daily basis. And of the ones that go to school, 50.3% of them are not proficient in reading. 54.7% are not proficient in math. So the Minnesota miracle is a miracle because they have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. We have put far too much. And listen, some of us get out there and we give, you know, we remember our teachers. My teachers were great teachers. They were teachers. I remember Miss Allen, my first grade teacher, Miss Turbervale, my kindergarten teacher. I remember that Miss Featherstone, my second grade teacher, Miss Poston, my third grade teacher, who I, I had her again in fifth grade. She was sort of strict. Those teachers were great teachers. Mr. Fitzpatrick, he was a great teacher. And that was a time when, when, you know, it wasn't politicized. That doesn't exist anymore. Drop the nostalgia, people. The teachers that we went through are gone. Now there's the teachers that are. And a lot of them are corrupt. A lot of them need, need to, there's a lot of them that are marginal, just need to be let go of. A good teacher should make twice as much as they're already making. Every other mediocre or bad teacher got to go. Parents sometimes are the problem. One thing they got to do is get the disruptive uh, kids out of the classroom and, and forget the school to jail pipeline. You got to get the schools under control. The COVID shutdowns made everything bad. And the George Floyd BLM riots and the coddling of the rioters made it, made it worse. And the wood good, one good thing they did was they showed how much everybody cares about students. I got an answer to a question that most of you ask all the time when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. 
You're more powerful than you think. You have more juice than you think. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Streaming live on the uh, WORD Facebook page. And you can find the podcast at the on the free Odyssey app. I had a discussion with an old friend of mine, which uh, I'm going to be honest with you, it made me sort of angry because I don't like people that don't know what they're talking about telling me they know what they're talking about. And when I try to counter someone, and they never have an answer, but they always have a reason why something didn't happen. You, whoever you are, if that's where you are, you are lost. You are gone. There's some things you can do. For everybody out there, what, I, the republic's slipping away. What can I do? Well, first of all, educate yourself. That, this audience that I'm talking to, you guys are already doing that. But, you know, just tell it. You need to become an advocate for truth and justice. And you need to be looking for government accountability. You can get vocal on social media. And if you get kicked off of that social media, go find the next platform and go. Let everybody know where you're at. Then go out and get the evidence for your beliefs. It's there. Some of you could run for office. You can support only candidates who pursue policies that uphold the Constitution. Um, it, it's never civil or compassionate to allow people to destroy themselves with drugs. You, know, you can agree on a written set of personal and family values then act on them every day. There are alternatives to public education failure and indoctrination. You can have the courage to stand up to a misguided mob pushing policies and values you know to be harmful. But understand this. When you go out there, in order to keep the peace, you're going to have to be strong. Monitor what your elected officials at every level are doing and hold them accountable. Join like-minded organizations to safeguard civil society, individual freedom, and the constitutional republic. we got to work real hard on the election integrity. You could be a poll worker or a poll observer. Don't be fooled by any ad hominem, unsupported, irrelevant personal attack against a political rival. Don't get fooled into thinking elections are the republic's future is about personalities instead of policy. There's plenty of opportunity for everybody out here, everybody listening to me, to get involved in preserving the republic. The ways are nearly endless. Here's the thing, though. The problem with my friend, my friend wants everybody to hit the streets now and go kinetic now. But he doesn't want to be the first one to do it. He's looking for the leader. Then when you tell him, well, this guy could be the leader, he's like, I take orders from no one. He contradicts himself every time he opens his face. I've known this guy for a very, very long time. And uh, I don't know that I'll ever speak with him again. Just because of that, this insistence of certain things. The other insistence that, I, and I will, I will, you know, you always hear about how they're coming to get you. Who are they? Who are they? You give them a, you know, if I give somebody a number, you know, there's only 51,000 gun carrying federal law enforcement. They'll be like, but how many real law, all total law enforcement? Well, you know, I hung out with some of total law enforcement yesterday. I think that the likelihood around here would be that uh, they would be getting out there making, you know, going the way of, of, of uh, Police Chief Stevens coming out of Detroit when he told everybody, get a gun because we can't protect you. 
I do not think they would come down and get out there and start enforcing a lot of things. Um, I think COVID probably educated them too. But you have, to, and here's the things that you have to do in order to make some of these things I talked about work because you can't just go out there and do them unprepared. You got to take care of yourself. Doing that, you hold down healthcare costs and you are self-reliant. You're stronger and healthier. And you got to know what you believe because we go, you know, sometimes, okay, we like the Republicans. Sometimes we like the Democrats. Know what you believe. But willing to change your belief if the facts warrant that. If the evidence gets out there and shows you something different, you got to go with that. It's just logic. Know how the system works. Keep up with the news. Walk up to somebody and say hello. Eye contact. Shake a hand. Get involved in civic clubs and projects. Run for office if you want to. Don't. Listen. Be a free thinker. Think for yourself. When you become part of a mob, you're not even thinking anymore. You're just moving. And by all means, observe the world and spread love and kindness. But you got to remember, a true pacifist has the possibility and capability of destroying everything in the room. That's the difference you can make. Talk to you again in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.